Is it June yet? A storied CFL franchise. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. With a loyal and passionate following. We finally can say we're champions. Bring it back to the seat of champions. This is the show that brings you the stories and personalities of the green and gold. Yeah. This is the Eskimo Show. Now your host, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. First and 10 from their own 39-yard line as Riley takes the snap, takes a drop, looks to unload deep downfield. He's got Darrell Walker wide open. Wow, back into the lineup is Walker, and he's inside the 10-yard line. What a great way to start this game at Commonwealth Stadium. And there's another quick pass. This one goes to uh, Calvin McCarty. He gets in close to the five-yard line before he's taken down. Of Mike Riley, who waits for the snap, gets it, takes a look back, throws to the back of the end zone. Man, that looked easy for the Eskimos right out of the gate. And Getzlap has his first touchdown as an Eskimo, and I'll bet that is pretty sweet for him. All right, come on. It was pretty sweet for everybody, wasn't it? The Eskimos finished up the preseason 2-0 and with a 25-11 win over Chris Jones and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Always nice to beat the Riders. I think this year it'll be an even better feeling for the Eskimos and their fans. What a start it was on Saturday. Three plays, about a minute and a half in. The Eskimos led it 7-0. The defense came out, forced a 2-and-out. The green and gold really never looked back. Uh, next up, the real thing. Starts on Saturday. The Ottawa Red Blacks are here to begin the regular season. 5 o'clock start on Saturday. 3.30 for the pregame show right here on 6.30. Chid. Hey, everybody, glad you're with me tonight as we get set to spend all oh, the next 20 Monday nights or so together talking CFL football right here on the Eskimos show. First day of practice for the Eskimos goes tomorrow as they start their routine for the regular season. Some roster questions may get answered tomorrow or later on in the week, but here's what we know so far. This is what happened yesterday on Cut down day across the CFL. The Eskimos released nine players. Receiver Nate Ajay, uh, defensive back Cameron Fuller, linebacker Jimmy Gaines who was injured in the game on Saturday, defensive back Ray Hartman who was with the team last year, Andrew Johnson, receiver, also with the team last year, defensive lineman Sam Montgomery released, defensive back C.J. Morgan also released. Uh, kind of a surprise to see these next two go. Defensive back Kochi Mwamba and running back Akeem Shavers both released. Both played in the Grey Cup game and own rings with the Eskimos but are gone now. Injury issues, a big problem with them through training camp. Added to the practice roster, linebacker Josh Brinkworth, uh, receiver and returner Kenzel Doe, fullback DJ Lalama, a draft pick from this year, Daryl McBride Jr., a linebacker, Solomon Means, the defensive back, a couple of receivers, Bryant Mitchell and Brandon Zilstra, defensive back Tyler Thornton, and offensive lineman Darius Morris. That's the, uh, the roster now. It's going to change, I would assume, between now and game time on Saturday. They still have to reduce it by putting some guys on the injured list. Uh, the first thing that jumps out at you when you look at the roster is there's four quarterbacks there. Riley, Franklin, Lynch, and DeMarco. Head coach Jason Moss and GM Ed Hervey met with the media today to talk about the roster moves, and here's the reason for the four quarterbacks. We were discussing it throughout training camp. You know, We wanted to make sure that we gave ourselves the best opportunity to have the best roster. Again, the quarterback position is still being evaluated, and with you know James being a little ill last week, we want to make sure that we went into week one as strong as possible in case there was any chance that he would not be able to play. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident with the guys we have in camp. Um, we had in camp, I should say, and the guys that we've set the roster with. Um, you know, 
Mike is a special player, and we all get that with our organization. But the guys we have behind him will have the utmost confidence if they get an opportunity. We know they'll do the job. Four quarterbacks on the roster. That's going to be a week-to-week situation for the Eskimos. Now, there's some speculation out there that there's a possible trade in the works involving one of those QBs. Hervey, not all that interested in talking about that this morning. Yeah, we have Ottawa this week, and that's pretty much where our focus is right now. Um, we, everyone's coming out of training camp. It's very hard to predict what you plan to do with your roster. You know, we're not going to make our players feel uncomfortable by you know, forecasting trades or anything like that. You know, we've, We like our guys. Uh, we like the, the team that we put together. Uh, there's a lot of work that was put in by the players. And we just want them to focus on uh, the game that's coming up. And, you know, it's too early to be speculating whether or not there's going to be future trades. You know, trades don't really happen in this, in this league that benefit both sides too often. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be looking to entertain that at all just yet. What was the process like post-game and into Sunday? Not a lot of time to make a lot of tough decisions. I mean, realistically, the decisions are not made right after the game. You know, we, we talk every day. And we talk every day, and as you go through the process of putting your team together, you know, with all the multiple meetings that, that you know, that aren't shown uh, publicly, you kind of come to a consensus as to which positions are the ones that are, are um, up for grabs, so to speak, when you get to the preseason game. And then you'd hope that a couple guys will show and guys will do some things that you expect them to do. But ultimately, in the end, it's a matter of who the coaches feel comfortable you know, playing with, all being able to fit within the structure of the cap and, and, and being able to move forward and, and provide depth throughout the season. As we know and, and understand, especially here, that the, the roster you start with isn't the roster you necessarily finish with. And you have to make certain that you are you have strength in numbers where you can have buy, you know players around that can uh, help you when the injury does occur. Uh, but again, those players that you're unsure, the unknowns as we call them, uh, they have to go out there and perform and perform at a level where you feel comfortable making a decision on what they're what they're going to be in the future. Right? You give short you know, short amount of time to watch them play. We were uh, discussing. You have to go by practice, individual stuff what they do in the classroom, but you know, Jason can speak to more to their, you know, their abilities in the classroom. We just kind of make certain that we're putting together the best team possible, uh, no different than any other year. Jason, you talked a lot about a war of attrition during training camp. The guy, injured guys that played a role in, in what you got decided on releasing them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, when you get hurt in that second preseason game and it's a, dr- a catastrophic injury and catastrophic for us is you know most of the season if you're going to be gone for that it's hard to keep those guys around so um, decisions can get made solely based on that based on who's going to be available to you and, and then the other cuts i mean if, if if you don't practice most of the training camp or at all it's hard to evaluate and we're all about evaluating you know we had a new staff coming in putting in new systems we needed to see the guys practice and perform. We talked about it every day. These practices are just as important as the games. So if you can't practice for us, it's very hard to evaluate. So, you know, that's at the end of the day, your roster in the CFL is a small roster, and you have to have guys that can be available to you every single day. So the guys that can't be available have a hard time making this club. I, I'm very comfortable. I've been comfortable since, you know, Ed and I talked at the beginning with who we were bringing in and finally getting the chance to. You know, you see names on the board all offseason, and then you finally get them to work, and then you get to evaluate and understand them in the classroom, and then watch them compete against other teams and play in the games. 
I'm very excited about our roster. I mean, you're gonna when you have turnover, you have guys that leave. I've always said it's an opportunity for someone else to step up and make an impact. You know, not very many people knew who Dexter McCoy was or Aaron Grimes were two years ago. They sure know him now, but they all had an opportunity themselves and they took advantage of it. So that's what I hope. I'm hoping. You know, with the young guys, that's what you're going to see. In a couple of years from now, you're going to know who they are. Right now, you know, it remains to be seen, but we have confidence in them. That's head coach Jason Moss of the Edmonton Eskimos, also general manager Ed Hervey in there. If you'd like to hear the complete conversation they had with the media this morning, head to 630ched.com and the Eskimos page uh, to have a listen. Not now, though. we still got a show for you here until uh, 9 o'clock tonight. We're going to hear from uh, A.J. Jakubek, who's the play-by-play voice of the Ottawa Red Blacks. We'll talk to him in uh, the back part of the next half hour. Uh, we're also going to speak with Neil King, new member of the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, looks like he's going to be the starting safety on Saturday. And when we return from a break here, we'll bring in middle linebacker J.C. Sherrick. Coming up next on the Eskimo Show on 630 Chet. You're listening to The Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. The Eskimo Show rolls along tonight, and uh, we are joined on the telephone now by Eskimos middle linebacker J.C. Sherrod. J.C., thanks for your time tonight. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, good stuff. Tell me, uh, day off today. I think it's pretty much your first day off that you've had since training camp began, and I thank you for taking some time out to talk to us tonight. How'd you spend it today? Uh, slept in, made a good breakfast, and then, uh, you know, went into the stadium, just uh, got a little lift in and started scouting for Ottawa. So you spent your day off working then? Yeah, but, I mean, a relaxed work. There you, know? you go. <laughs> it, was still, it, it was laid back. And a good breakfast, which is the most important meal of the day. That's right, 100%. Route 99, can't go wrong. Best dine in the, in the city. Uh, uh, nice, that's a good spot. That's a good spot. Um... Uh, you guys finished the preseason with a 2-0 and record after the win on Saturday night over uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So tell me about training camp in your mind and uh, the two preseason games and how everything rolled out since uh, you got on the field back in late May. Uh, you know, I think we just did a great job of, of taking advantage of every opportunity we had at training camp. You know, I don't think we wasted a day, um, which is, I mean, that's what you strive for. It's just to constantly be improving. At the same time, we, we recognize we're nowhere um, where we want to eventually be at. We have a long road to go. Um, this team's full of people who knows what it takes to win a great cup, uh, and that work, is it's a continuous effort all year long. How difficult has it been to pick up a new defense, and how different is the defense that Mike Benavides wants you to play compared to what you've played the last two years with Chris Jones? Uh, it, it's certainly different. Um, Coach Benny's got his own style, and it's a style that I can promise you we all really enjoy playing in. He's done a great job of, of making information relatable to us, uh, understanding terms we used the last two years and, and adapting a little bit. But at the same time, you know, he's not going to com- compromise his scheme because it's a scheme that's proven to be very successful. So he's made it pretty effortless, honestly, and it, it's just been a lot of joy to work with him. When the, whether it's been the starters in or uh, guys looking for jobs, uh, the defense has been pretty solid. I think in both preseason games, they're they're pretty fairly dominant. Only gave up one touchdown in the two games. Only gave up 24 points. So that's the first sign, I guess, that it's working and catching on, and guys are enjoying playing it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know that was our first test against um, you know live competition. 
you always got to take uh, preseason with a grain of salt. But at the same time, you know, we lined up against very good players, and um, we proved that this scheme can be successful. Jason Moss has talked a lot about uh, referring to the offense. He's used the words aggressive, fast, and finish. Uh, does that apply to the way the defense is going to play this year too? 100%. Um, you know, we're, we're a direct reflection of our head coach, and um, he's preached that since the first time um, he spoke to us, is it, starting fast and, and finishing everything. So it's something that, w- that we take personally as a defense, and um, obviously when our offense jumps out the gate like that, it's something we thrive on, and, and we just want to get him the ball back as fast as possible. Guys, of course, aren't going to say many bad things about their head coach, but it just seems, talking to players, J.C., that uh, everybody really likes what Jason Moss has done and how he's conducted things so far. No doubt about it. Um, He's a player's coach, played, understands, and uh, more than anything, what we value most is he's always going to be honest. Uh, Whether you like what he's going to say or not, he's always going to be truthful and uh, that, that's all you can ask for from a, from the head guy. So he he's going to lead us, and we're going to follow him wherever he takes us. Has he had much interaction with the defense during games? Because he's he's been an offensive coordinator for a couple of years now, and now he's the head coach. Uh, what's his interaction been like with the defense? How much do you guys uh, spend time with him? Maybe during the week at training camp uh, and and in the two games, how is it? Um, you know, not a ton. Like like you said, he's an offensive guy and. With the experience that Coach Benavides has, um, you know, I think he understands um, what Coach Benavides brings to us as a defense. So he, he, he speaks when he needs to. If our energy or effort isn't there, he's going to say something. But for the most part, um, you know, that's, that's Coach Benavides' world. Uh, the uh, you've had I think this is uh, your third head coach. Uh, how how difficult is it to to transition from from one head coach to another and and learn the different ways that that guys want things done? Oh, uh, it, honestly, it hasn't been bad because we we've, we've done a good job of hiring good head coaches. Um, I've been fortunate enough not to play for for a difficult one yet. So um, it, it's been honestly, it's been very easy. Um, the way Coach Moss has come in, like I said, just speaking the truth, what he wants, what he expects, uh, it, it can't get any more clear than that. And it, it just makes it enjoyable to come to work because you know what's expected of you, and, and we, ho- we hold each other accountable. Eskimos middle linebacker J.C. Sherritt joining us tonight on the Eskimo Show. What was it like uh, the first minute and a half on the sidelines on Saturday night? Uh, Mike Riley and the offense went to work three plays in the end zone. How much did that jack you guys up as you're watching that? We were through the roof um, because we've watched this all through, uh, through training camp, and we just couldn't wait to see it live in person. Um, they showed a little bit in Calgary, but that was, I think, the first time that the entire ones were out there together. Um, so to see all the work that they put in and, you know, get the realization that this is the real deal, um, it just it was something that w- we took the momentum and ran with it. And you guys followed it up with a two and out. That's uh, You can't really uh, draw up a better way to start a football game, can you? Yeah, absolutely. And like I was saying, when they're rolling like that, uh, our job is just get the ball back in 13's hands and uh, good things are going to happen. Was there a little added emotion in the game because of who you were playing and, and who was uh, who the coaches were on the far sidelines? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm not going to lie and say uh, there wasn't. We we fully understood um, who we were playing against. Um, and like I've said this before, you know, that's like playing against your family. There's nobody you want to beat more than your family members. So uh, it, it was uh, it, w- it was a jacked-up tempo, and it was certainly the most live preseason game I've ever been a part of. Mm. Uh, you uh, you got a couple new guys playing to either side of you in the, in the linebacking core. Uh as uh, as Ed Hervey was talking about this morning, a couple of years ago, people didn't know how good a Dexter McCoyle was or an Otha Foster was, but you learn fast. you got a couple new guys with you. Give me your comments first. Uh, we know a little bit, obviously, about Dion Lacey and his, his ferociousness on special teams. Tell me what he's like as a linebacker playing beside you. Uh, he's, uh, he's a freak of nature. Um, I mean, he can, he can play seven positions for us. I've never played with an athlete like that um you, we've got to see him grow just constantly because for the first time he's had a set position we haven't been bouncing him around um and i think that's been great for him because obviously we know how athletic he is so to get him out there in space uh it's it's a lot of fun to play with and uh, i'm excited for him i imagine that intensity really rubs off on guys too oh yeah he, he's one of the most contagious personalities we have on the team uh, and that's not just a game day thing. That's every meeting, every practice. He lives for football. And if you're not going to be on the same level as him, he's going to let you know about it, uh, which is what you have to have in a, in a locker room. On the other side playing what's, uh, I guess, now called the nickelback spot, not the Sam, La- Sam linebacker spot, is Kenny Ladler, a guy who's come in, and I, I think he was – working with the number one defense on day one and really hasn't moved much from that position all through training camp and the two preseason games. Tell me about him. Yeah, he. I mean, that's that's one of the toughest positions to play on the field. Um, so to get a guy like that, uh, he's as pro-ready as I've seen for that position. Uh, he came in, like you said, day one. He ran with the ones, and he didn't give that spot up to anybody. Uh, and then we saw in game situations how well he tackles and how well he runs. So um, obviously losing Otha was huge for us. So to have somebody game-ready, pro-ready to come in and make plays is, is huge for our defense. It seems like uh, management's done a good job getting the right replacements ready for the guys who have, uh, who have gone off to the NFL. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a credit to all those guys through the scouting up to Ed and beyond. Um, they were very prepared, and, and they brought in great talent to, to keep this thing rolling. Back to work tomorrow, uh, first day of practice for uh, for the start of the regular season on Saturday. Uh, JC, does do things change tomorrow uh, other than the fact that there's going to be fewer guys on the field? Uh, well, we're going to get into our, our regular season routine. So it's not, uh, you know, training camp is, is about being physical, explosive every time you're out there. So now we get a tempo down a little bit for the first day, and then day two and day three is when we pick it back up, and then, um, you know, it's time to get ready for Ottawa. So it's going to be nice to get into that uh, season routine. And uh, Ottawa, it's uh, it's been a good tradition in the Canadian Football League for the last, I don't know, five or six years or so. Uh, if if you played in the Grey Cup game, you play each other in week one. Uh, and obviously it's nice to have the game at home because that means you won the game. Uh, are you excited about not just the start of the regular season, but, but who you're playing? Very excited. Uh, we know they're going to come in with a chip on, our, on their shoulder. Um, 
and we stay with the chip on ours. So we, we know what kind of atmosphere it's going to be. And, and most importantly, it's going to be in front of our home crowd. So I, I just can't wait to get out there. And uh, the banner's going up, too. I don't know what, uh, what kind of uh, uh, place you guys as players are going to have in the little ceremony. They're going to have to put the Grey Cup banner up, but it's going to be nice to see that, isn't it? Always, always. That's, a, that's always a great thing to be a part of. JC, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks very much. All right, thanks for having me on, Morley. This is the Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. It all starts on Saturday. The regular season begins with the Eskimos and the Ottawa Red Blacks. On the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium, 5 o'clock start to 3.30 for the Challenge Insurance Group pregame show with myself and uh, Dave Campbell. And uh, playing on the brick field at Commonwealth that day will be Neil King, who joins us now on the telephone. Good evening, Neil. How are you? Good, good, Morley. How you doing? I'm uh, very good. Thanks for taking time out on a day off. I know uh, uh, this is a busy day for you guys because it's the first day off with no pressure around it that you've got in a long time. How'd you spend it? Uh, actually, with a bunch of guys uh, on the team. Uh, there's a group of us that went out golfing uh, this afternoon and then just kind of went in for uh, for a workout, kind of did some uh, recovery stuff, just, uh, you know, looking forward and getting ready to, to get the season going. How'd you shoot? Uh, no, you know what? It wasn't too bad. Shot an 86. Had uh, had some holes that I wish would have done better. But uh, you know, it was it was just a beautiful day for golf. To, get it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was a beautiful day for golf, though. That's for sure, eh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what was training camp like for you? Uh, this, you know, we know everybody knows your story. You're an Edmonton guy. You you played your, your minor football here. Uh, you played junior football here. You went out east to play some college ball. Came back, uh, played for Hamilton for three years after getting drafted by them. But you, you came home to Edmonton. What was training camp like for you back in Edmonton as a member of the Edmonton Eskimos? Uh, you know, it was really exciting. Um, it was uh, it was tough. Uh, definitely, Coach Moss and uh, and his whole coaching staff put this. Uh, you know, made us work hard and definitely put us through uh, some, some tough times uh, in training camp. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what training camp is really all about. Um, you know, just that, that kind of grind at the beginning of the season to, to get a good start in preseason, kind of get to know your teammates. And, you know, uh, it, it, it was a good time. I'm definitely uh, excited that it's over and that we're now getting into regular season time now. Yeah. Did you feel you, you did what you had to do and you played well during camp? Uh, I felt like I had a really good camp. Um, it was uh, it, it was good. Um, I felt like I was able to step in, kind of uh, take a take a good role on defense. You know, just uh, it was really about a day by day process of just understanding the playbook and understanding how the coaches want you to play it, uh, making the right reads, um, and uh, you know, making sure everyone around me was on the same page. The first game in Calgary, uh, you were uh, an absolute standout in that game. Seven tackles and uh, and two special teams tackles to go along with it, and uh, you you were everywhere. That was one of those games where I'm sure you just you just felt real good about everything. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, I was pretty anxious to get those live bullets going. You know, the first first game preseason or not, um, it just feels good to actually go out and kind of you know get that competitive level through the roof and and actually hit some other guys, but. Um, I felt like we played really good uh, as a team that, in that first game, and it was just really exciting to put on that green and gold and, and go out there and, and uh, play football. I don't think you played as much on Saturday, but you chipped in with another couple of tackles uh, in that game. Nice to get the preseason out of the way. Tomorrow changes, right? I mean, you get you guys go back to work tomorrow. First time you kind of go to work as a team. You know, these are the guys that are going to be with you, you know, for most of the season as you start mm-hmm. to get things going on, on Saturday against Ottawa. Tell me about the different feeling you expect at practice tomorrow. 
Um, you know, it just, it really becomes, it, you know, training camp is over, the evaluation uh, of, of the, the major evaluation is over. So now, like you said, you have, these are the guys that you're going to, to battle with week in and week out, right? So it just starts with uh, with preparation. You start getting into more of the detailed part of, of, uh, of, of the game plan and, and what the coaches try to do week in and week out to try and put us in the right uh, positions to make plays come Saturday. Do you feel you've taken the next step a little bit? Because it appears you're going to be a, you're going to be a starter at the safety position come Saturday. I, I mean, you you haven't. I don't think you've started many games. I know you you played in the defense a little bit, but you've mostly through your first three years in Hamilton been a special teams player. Are you you pretty proud of this, the fact that it looks like you're taking the next step? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was definitely a goal of mine coming into this uh, into the season. Um, you know, I'm I'm the type of player who looks back and, and reflects on every year and. And uh, in the off season, focuses on things that uh, I feel like I need to to get better. And um, you know, stepping in, having this opportunity, and stepping into this, I felt like I was uh, was ready to go. And you know, I, I gained some really good experience out east in Hamilton, and I'm just really excited to bring all of this back and you know, uh, lay it all out on uh, on the defense for the year, for the season. Uh, this defense looks pretty good. They're, you know that's where the question marks are because due to the injury factor and and guys leaving for the NFL and and via free agency in the CFL, there was some holes to fill on this defense. And it looks like things get shored up quite nicely. The defense of the preseason gave up just one touchdown, uh, only 24 points, I believe it was. Uh, a real strong defense during the preseason, despite the fact a lot of the starters didn't play a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, that just goes, goes to show how good uh, Herbie and, and the coaching staff and, and all the recruiting uh, part of the organization does to bring in players. Um, but it just shows that, you know, we have a lot of depth in positions. It was tough for a lot of these coaches to make these, uh, these, these last cuts, but I feel like we're, we, we, we got a good uh, confidence going with defense right now. Our, our D-line, linebackers, and secondary are all playing, all, all playing really well together. We're communicating well, and I feel like we got a good jump on the playbook stepping into this season. Eskimo safety and special teamer Neil King joining us on the Eskimo show tonight. You, you touched on the, the defensive line. I had a couple conversations with Cord Parks during training camp, and he just kept going on, that defensive line, they help us out so much. Uh, those guys have been dominant during training camp a little bit this year and, and into the games. They were very good when they all played together on Saturday. They're going to cause a lot of problems for quarterbacks and make things a little bit easier for you guys in the defensive backfield. Absolutely, like those our our front four, or even our front, you know, with JT and Lacey in there too. Like it is, it is one of the it is the best in the league. And uh, I think they they for the short time that they were able to show it, I think they did in preseason. Um, you know, last game against Saskatchewan, uh, a lot of the guys just were in there for the first quarter, maybe quarter and a half. But I felt like uh, you know they were they're they're beasts. They're absolutely beasts up front, and it makes it. Uh, when they're when they're when we can get pressure with just three or four guys, it definitely makes things a lot easier in the back end. You know, quarterbacks just send the uh, throwing the ball before they really want to because they're just feeling this pressure uh, collapse around them. So it's definitely good to be in the back end when you got those front four guys up there. Uh, you know, doing uh, doing all the dirty work. Uh, you pretty excited for Saturday? Oh, I can't wait. I'm I'm excited to get to practice tomorrow, man. I'm really I can't wait to get into this uh, into the season and uh, really just start this journey. Uh, you probably had some family out on Saturday, but is there going to be more out to to watch you and your brother play? First game as an Eskimo for you in the regular season? Yeah, there's going to be a pretty big group, uh, I think, coming. So um, there, there's a good crew. 
good crowd of them came through uh, last game versus Saskatchewan, and it's, I think it's, uh, it's going to continually grow and get bigger week in and week out, so we'll see how many tickets I need to get. <laughs> and pay for, right? <laughs> how, oh, man, yeah. It, it'll be good, though. It's going to be an exciting time. How'd that split jersey work out? Oh, it was awesome. We got uh, uh, we got the 4-3, 5-3 jerseys for uh both our mom uh our dad they both said mama and papa king on the back and then our little niece we got her uh a little you know uh split jersey as well so it was pretty cute we got some pretty good pictures after the last game awesome uh neil king thanks for your time tonight appreciate it and uh we'll see you tomorrow at commonwealth thanks a lot morley good talking to you all right thank you neil king eskimos uh, starting safety for the game on uh, saturday had a great training camp really really good and uh you can hear he's happy to be back in Edmonton and playing uh, for the team he grew up watching, the Edmonton Eskimos, who will take on the uh, Red Blacks on Saturday. It is the first game of the regular season. Don't forget, it's the kids get in free game. So uh, here's what you do now. You, you head to the Eskimos website at esks.com slash kids free and download uh, the voucher to get in uh, for free. Kids uh, under three years old get in for free anyway, uh, as long as they're sitting on a lap. No ticket required. Uh, ages three to 12 uh, get one free kids ticket in the upper deck with the purchase of an adult ticket. So head to the Eskimos website for all the details on that. esks.com slash kids free. All the details to get your kids in for free on Saturday as the Eskimos take on the Red Blacks. When we come back, we'll check in on the Red Blacks and see how they're doing with our friend AJ Jackiebeck. It is uh, 842. Beautiful Monday in Edmonton. we got more of the Eskimo Show when we return. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. That's the Eskimos. And the Red Blacks coming your way on Saturday, 5 o'clock. First game of the season, regular season, 3.30 uh, for the pregame show. Eskimos making a couple of uh, transactions today over and above the roster moves from yesterday. They have now added Danny Grew, offensive lineman, to the one-game injured list. And Adam Konar, uh, national uh, linebacker, has been added to the six-game injured list. Konar's had some issues staying healthy since uh, he's been here. Uh, they really liked him early in the preseason and the regular season last year. But then he got hurt. He's back on the six-game injured list now. Uh, so they won't play against Ottawa for sure. We'll find out more uh, later on. Uh, let's find a little bit more about uh, about the Red Blacks themselves. We'll go to Ottawa now and uh, bring in the play-by-play voice of uh, the Red Blacks, A.J. Jakubik joins us. A.J., how are you? Great, Morley. How are you? Uh, we're doing very good, thank you, and uh, excited, of course, for the regular season to start like everybody else. How, are, how have things gone in Ottawa uh, through a, a training camp after uh, making it all the way to the Grey Cup game last year, losing some key players, some key coaches over the offseason? How's training camp been? Training camp's been been pretty good for Ottawa, but uh, I think the, the one area of concern, and, and certainly Edmonton felt that as well, especially with the loss uh, of John Ojo uh, injuries. I mean, William Powell, who was so good down the stretch, was the best uh, running back in the CFL the last third of the season, and Ottawa's best player by far, I think, in the Grey Cup. Uh, William Powell went down uh, with an Achilles injury on his second uh, carry of the preseason against the Bombers, so that that was a, a difficult loss. I mean, they let uh, Jeremiah Johnson go in the offseason to, to the BC Lions uh, just because they, they felt they had enough depth at the running back position. But when you lose Powell right out of the gate, uh, Brandon Galanders they lost as well, a guy that they were expecting uh, uh, to play a, a little bit as a Canadian running back slash fullback. They felt he could have done either job, and he's gone probably eight to ten weeks as well. So it's been their their running back uh, depth, for sure. Trayvon Van looked good in preseason, and he's going to get the start at Edmonton 
on Saturday, a product of the University of Montana. Uh, they still have Pat Lavoie, fullback, uh, and Ken LaFrance uh, is is uh, Canadian who can back up at that position. But beyond that, Travis Green is on the Packers roster. And, you know, averaged over six yards a carry in preseason, uh, but uh, pretty thin beyond that. So I would suspect, uh, you know, even if Van plays well, that Ottawa is probably going to be looking for a little more depth at least uh, at the running back position because, uh, as you know, I mean, uh, with John White going down uh, last year, it's a position that uh, that sometimes you need two, three, four deep because of, uh, you know, how uh, punishing it can be of being a running back in the CFL. Well, yeah, the Eskimos lost their starter, and they had three different guys start games for them. And, uh, I mean, the guy who started in the Grey Cup started the season in Ottawa. So things change quickly when you, when you hit injuries like that, for sure. Uh, so you're going to have a new running back for the, for the Red Blacks, but the receiving core's back, the quarterback's back, the offensive coordinator is gone. How different is the offense going to look? I think, uh, you know, originally it was 10 starters. It's down to eight now because of the loss of William Powell. And also, uh, Nolan McMillan is out with a wrist injury, starting right guard uh, for Ottawa as well. So that uh, hurts their depth on the offensive line a little bit. I mean, last year, uh, the five starting offensive linemen, they all started 18 games. So Alex Mateus, uh, the number one overall pick, uh, was able to get some reps in, uh, especially in some of the games, uh, for example, the game at Edmonton, when they were blown out at halftime. Uh, he played quite a bit in the second half that game. They felt he was ready to go, ready to be a starter, especially in the second half of the year. Looked good in practice, uh, looked good in some of his reps uh, that, that he got in games, but uh, just didn't get the opportunity because uh, the offensive line was so healthy. Uh, so he'll get that opportunity this year. I suspect uh, he'll, he'll start on Saturday at right guard alongside uh, John Gott and J. Michael Dean. Sir Vincent Rogers, the uh, returning uh, offensive lineman of the year will start at left tackle. Likely Tommy Draheim, uh, ex-BC Lion, will get the start at right tackle. Uh, you've got the 4,000-yard receivers back, and Chris Williams, Ernest Jackson, Greg Ellingson, and, and Brad Sinopoli. Mo Price's spot uh, as he retired in the offseason. Probably going to be taken by uh, ex-UFC uh, Dino Jake Hardy, who was great in special teams late last season, second-round pick in 2015 had a real good camp and I think he, he's got the inside track for that fifth receiver spot and of course uh, you know the big change the big offseason addition for Ottawa uh, at quarterback I mean Henry Burris uh, reigning MOP but they've got over 10,000 yards in passing from last year back uh, with uh, Henry Burris and Trevor Harris and that's the biggest thing I think last year I mean, I talked about the offensive line staying healthy I mean Henry Burris stayed healthy as well the only quarterback to start all 18 games. It looked two or three times like, like he might be in trouble injury-wise, but he somehow hung in there after big shots from Ricky Foley, uh, big shots from Simone Lawrence, Jamal Westerman, but he just kept coming back, and, and they were fortunate that he was able to stay healthy because there was a big drop-off between him and the backups last year. But I think they've got a real good one-two punch uh, with Burris and Harris, and uh, you know uh, we'll see how this offense goes, because even with the loss of Jason Moss, and it's a big loss for sure, he was uh, instrumental in, in turning around that offense. Uh, they're going with the same offense, uh, different terminology. Jamie Alizondo comes in uh, from Toronto, uh, so they use a similar offense uh, with the Argonauts there. So I, I think pretty seamless outside of the terminology, and, and we'll see uh, you know, how, how things look on that side of the ball. Play-by-play voice of the Red Blacks, AJ Jakubik, joining us on the Eskimo Show tonight. AJ, if Henry stays healthy, 
Does Trevor Harris get into any games at all? Is there a plan set in motion for him to at least play a little bit? I, I have a hard time thinking he won't. Uh, I guess we'll see how it plays out. But Henry Burris is a guy. I mean, Rick Campbell has been adamant about the fact that he is the number one quarterback. And when you look at him at camp, uh, just to, in, in the practice sessions, the reps that he took there, and certainly uh, in the preseason game against Winnipeg, he still looks sharp. He still looks like uh, the guy that we saw last year at 40 years old defying father time. So uh, I think, I think uh, Henry, as long as he stays healthy and as long as he's productive, uh, then, then he's going to be the number one guy. Now, I, I still believe – I have a hard time thinking that Trevor Harris is going to play uh, as little as, as the combination of Thomas uh, DeMarco and Danny O'Brien did last season, uh, even if Henry is that productive. I, I think if Henry gets nicked up a little bit, um, you know, like he did against Toronto, like he did against Winnipeg, like he did against Hamilton, you, you maybe just say, okay, you know what, have a seat. Uh, we, we, we don't need you getting – banged up uh, further here uh, and, and that's where Trevor Harris comes into the game and, and there shouldn't be much of a drop off so I, I think that might be an area where, where you see a bit of a change but you know right now he is the number one quarterback Henry Burris and, and based on what he accomplished last season he should be the number one guy yeah absolutely he, and, and that's the thing you know he doesn't get injured and his production doesn't fall off very often so he's probably going to do what he should do and that's keep playing for sure uh, let's flip to the defense uh, the Red Blacks lost a couple pretty important guys on the defensive line, Justin uh, Capicotti and Sean Lemon, uh, who were who were so good for them, especially Lemon down the stretch, I guess. But how how did the plans play out to replace them, and how much are they going to miss those two guys? I, I think uh, one of the things that's really interesting about this defense, and I started to hear quite a bit of it last season, and, and certainly in the off season, and talking to different CFL people, is is just how quality uh the, the schemes are from mark nelson how good the coaching is especially on the defensive line uh from from ex edmonton eskimo uh, leroy blue and uh, the secondary coach ike charlton i mean uh these guys are coached up uh, you know probably as uh, as well as anyone so i, I think that's that's something that's going to be tested this year for sure because they lost some key guys but you know the interesting thing was they didn't really make a massive effort to keep those guys in the fold. And I think part of it is they knew that they had some good pieces in place. And part of it is they knew they had, uh, you know, some, some real good schemes in place. So that, that, again, that'll be tested. Starts on the defensive line. I think in the interior, they're going to be just fine. Zach Evans, uh, you know, was a, was a player that he had seven sacks. He had that crazy uh, pick six against Edmonton in the blowout loss at Commonwealth last year. Uh, that was a bit of a blunder mm -hmm. from, at Nichols, but, um, you know, Evans is a guy that, even though he played probably 40% of the time, he showed again 60% of the time, you could see he was probably making a, a few more plays. Sholigan's still a very good player in this league, but I think they made the right decision to prioritize Zach Evans, given his age and, and just, uh, you know, what he's capable of on the inside. They'll be fine with Moulton Hopkins. The, the question is the pass rush. Arnold Gascon at all. Uh, who will replace Justin Capicotti as the Canadian defensive end, uh, has looked great in, in camp. He was excellent against Winnipeg and made me think, okay, they're not going to skip a beat there. In terms of the uh, the other spot where it's going to be an American, uh, I mean, last year, Aston Whiteside had seven sacks in five games, uh, starting in the Calgary game when they upset him in overtime early in the season before going down with a knee injury. He hasn't played 
in preseason, but uh, all accounts are he's he's ready to go for for Saturday. So we'll see if he's the same guy. If he is the same guy, they'll be fine. If not, then you know they're going to need somebody like a Martin Wright or a Mike Moore, who's a rookie out of the University of Virginia. Wright played last year a little bit in Toronto. They're going to need somebody like that to step up because no question, Sean Lemon was very productive at the end of last season, and that's going to be uh, an area of concern if uh, if Whiteside isn't healthy. Last one for you, AJ, and uh, I've always liked the the tradition of the, of the Grey Cup rematch in Week One of the uh, of the of the new season. Of course, the Eskimos and Red Blacks won, uh, played each other in the Grey Cup game last year. I've always liked the tradition, but I always thought if I was a team that lost in the Grey Cup, I'd hate playing this game. Has there been much talk about it in Ottawa? Not yet, but you know, I, I think the focus was on camp and and just getting through the preseason healthy and all that. Uh, I mean, we'll find out at, at day one of the, the practice week tomorrow. So I think uh, there will be a lot of questions about that. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, when, when I heard uh, Rick Campbell on a radio station today, I mean, he, he said they're moving on. It's about this season. It's about, uh, you know, game by game. And, and they're not going to worry about the fact that, you know, it's a great cup rematch. But, you know, I'm sure when you talk to some of the players that were in that game, uh, absolutely. They, they keep talking about unfinished business. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's one of the things that, uh, that they want to do this year is get back to the Grey Cup game and, and win it. Uh, so it, it all starts against an Edmonton team that beat them. And, you know, I, I think while the West seems pretty wide open to me, I still think Edmonton's the team to beat in the West. I just think there's a lot of uncertainty. Calgary with a new coach and, and some key losses, especially, uh, you know, a couple of their big receivers in, in Fuller, and Rogers, and you look at BC, and I don't know what they're going to bring with Wally Buono there. Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, do I think they'll be better? Yes, but I mean, they were bad teams last year, so how much better are they going to be? Edmonton still has Mike Riley. They still have the core of a team that won a great cup, even though they lost their coach, even though they lost uh, some key players, uh, either to injury to the NFL or sort of free agency. So to me, Edmonton's the team to beat. And it starts Saturday. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be fun. AJ, thanks for your time tonight. Look forward to seeing you at uh, Commonwealth Stadium, at the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium on <laughs> uh, on Saturday. Safe travels, my friend. Yeah, look forward to it. Can't wait. Been coming to games there for 35 years, so it's always special coming home. Thanks uh, to AJ. Also thanks to Neil King and J.C. Sherritt. You can hear more from Ed Hervey and Jason Moss on the roster moves at 630Ched.com on the Eskimo page. Kellen Kennedy was the studio producer tonight. My name's Morley Scott. We'll talk to you later.